Okay. Break, draft, trade. Yellow. I had to laugh the other day, Henry, because <laughs> one of my clients, we were talking about, she's talking negatively about this guy. And I was like, well, what does he look like? She's like, oh, he's like 5'9". <laughs> and I, I like immediately started dying. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm laughing way too hard at that because there's a whole joke about 5'9", but I'm like, it was just funny. She was like disgusted at the fact that he was 5'9". I'm like, well, did you know that 5'9 is actually the perfect height? <laughs> Average U.S. male height. <laughs> what? No way. How do I look this up? It's a perfectly good height. Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised. I thought it was like 5'10 or 5'11. You got to think of all the shorties. Yeah. Drawing it down. <laughs> like, I'm taller than 80% of my customers. I'm only six foot tall. 5'9? What? What are you going to tell me next? The average shoe size isn't like a 12? I, I think they need a bigger sample size. <laughs> a bigger sample size? Yeah, 5'9 makes sense, I guess. There's like a couple guys I work with that I'm taller than, so. I'd say I'm taller than like half the people I run into. Towering 5'9. Half the men I run into. <laughs> yep. And the other half you run into their kneecap. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Break, draft, trade. But it put together this. So I'm rocking an Iowa basketball practice jersey. Roommate asked if it was game worn. I said I haven't played in it yet. Oh, you didn't shave? That means you did. You got sick. Yeah, I've been sick for 17 years. <laughs> Just don't shave. I haven't touched a blade to my face since high school. Set your expectations much lower. <laughs> I think that'd be cool. I got. He was out indefinitely. I got you. Yeah, I got you. Very nice. I promise. Is that interesting? It can be blunt. Nope. Yeah, he's a nice guy. You buy a spear for them? The scapegoat for upper management. <laughs> Was definitely a thing. Cool. The new king of Keontae. Mm -hmm. Move yeah. over, Mike. Because I'm just like, well, let me just nice. hop on the team with Nick. <laughs> yeah, I'll be trying to trade. And I'm like, hey, Noble, what a trade. I'm with Iowa's players. Oh, yeah. Trade's <laughs> <laughs> out. Trade's out to Nick. <laughs> to say it's just like i gotta run it by the queen because if i trade yeah. on Ross, she's gonna wring my neck yep i might always trade him on Ross. i might <laughs> i don't i still don't have any sky more that's never gonna happen you're just it's a matter of principle at this point yeah i don't draft him because he's five nine. Oh yeah we don't want five Disgusting. gross so much gross <laughs> i don't like that guy he's five is nine. jared goff five nine by chance goff six four goff oh. is a big guy Saying he sounds average. <laughs> yeah, yeah, average. Got the average. <laughs> he's not. He's not like a bag. Broken news. That's what is apparently borderline dropping him right now, and uh, that it doesn't matter that we still like him. <laughs> it doesn't matter. All it would take is an injury this year. Yeah, seriously. All of a sudden, he tears his ACL towards the end of the season. No contract, and the whole dynamic changes. Yeah, on a big deal. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Nick, what are we doing after breaking news? Broken news. Broken news. Because it's already broken. Yes. There are questions from the listeners. Segment. Epic. That's exciting. <laughs> Your reaction is the desired effect. That's exciting. How do these people know I love Dobbins? <laughs> That's, there's no hiding that. I can't wait to finish all the rookie drafts so I can see where I finished. It's kind of like I don't even want to look at the results until I'm all the way done to see what my shares are. Henry's not replacing me, right? <laughs> Minute or something, I don't know. Forever. Well, you're super sarcastic. Every time. Nick, I do need, I need clarification.
clarification on where I stand in your uh, friendship line. In your friendship hierarchy. <laughs> yeah. I, I would rather what separates us from other people is logic. We're not trying to make conversation by being wrong and yet creating controversy. <laughs> we gotta start. Yeah, facts. Ooh. <laughs> Papa, where are you? Alright, let's go. Let's let's get this going. Alright, let's go. Let's go. Look at now Papa's yelling. No more talking. Alright. Then we start talking. Welcome back to the Rank Draft Trade Podcast. We are certainly glad you're listening. I am joined today by three of the best in the business of fantasy football. We've got the king of Keontae, Mike <laughs> Papa Bear Claw. Say hello. I thought you were going to bring Henry in that with King Henry, but hello. No, no, no. I'm going. I got to give you the... Oh, we got better. Yeah, I think I propped mm. uh, Henry last time, so it's uh, it's Mike's turn. <laughs> well, you keep switching between us. We gotta get a. Uh, we gotta get Nick now. Yeah, I know. Well, Nick is always like the oh, moment. Mm-hmm. That's Saint Nicholas moment. Saint Saint Nicholas moment. It's second only to another saint. <laughs> Since we're talking about Saint Nick, we'll go with Nick. Say hello. Oh hey. Oh hey. And Henry <laughs> Saint Clair. <laughs> yes, the the only saint on the podcast. We got a king, we got a saint, and we've got, well, we've got Saint Nick, too. <laughs> Two saints. There you go. Two saints and a king. Mm-hmm. I'm the Walmart version of Saint Clair. <sighs> well, we've got the king, two saints, and I am the queen, the host, Gina Noble. Let's get into this pod. Enough with the introductions. So we've got broken news to start off. We've got Daryl Williams signed with the Cardinals. What would we like to add in to this information? The king of Keontae has been dethroned. Oh, Yeah, Eno Benjamin, probably a cut. Mm. I think he, yeah, probably. I think I cut him like two hours ago. Yeah, do not draft in any startups. Isn't he tiny? Yeah, he's like 5'9", 212, I think. (laughs) Okay, it's not too tiny. (laughs) (laughs) And Henry's like, yeah, I mean, he's (laughs) 5'9". I know, I, I didn't mean like you know five nine sure no, but I thought, he was, I thought i thought he was like five eight five nine and like 170 180 or something no, crazy last year he had he uh he got like 150 all-purpose yards late in the year in one of their games and just like trucked the crap out of some bucks db and it was like maybe you know benjamin could be something and apparently not so no he's probably dead yep <laughs> it's a wrap all right you know meanie miney gone <laughs> Meany, miny, gone. What about Daryl Williams? Are you drafting Daryl Williams? Are you. I mean, like, he's no Pollard and Madison, but he becomes one of the more desirable cuffs. There's a whole lot of offseason and preseason and all that left. Like, he rolls an ankle next week. He won't make the team, you know. So there's some outcomes out there or whatever, but one of the more interesting cuffs that might actually be out there on a free agent wire. Okay. Yeah, he's definitely a guy people cut. He was good last year for the Chiefs. Yeah, I had a lot of them. He was a great, like, 28th, 29th round pick. Yeah, he's a good uh, long shot possibility. All right, well, moving on to Njoku. We've got Njoku signing a four-year extension in Cleveland, which I feel like makes me think Njoku, they're planning on doing something with him i mean you're re-signing him for four years 
Am I right in that assessment? How do we feel about him? He really hasn't done a whole lot right. to begin with. I mean, if the coach is going to go ahead and utilize the tight end, maybe especially having Watson at quarterback, that could be a great thing. I'm just not one to kind of like uh, draw conclusions with tight ends. It's such a weird position. You know, there's a lot of different factors that are involved. And Najoku getting paid doesn't make Najoku a better player or necessarily change an offense now if a different head coach changes the offense and makes it run more through the tight ends we've liked like Conklin and Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph and these Vikings tight ends maybe Njoku's set up to be doing well he was probably someone who you could have bought low on after he got franchise tagged but I don't know necessarily that getting paid increases his value it just you know he's going to be there for a while so if they use the tight end a lot this year it might be cool for him in the future but I don't know if I'm bumping up Njoku a ton I just know now that I can confidently project what probably the next couple of years will look like. He also doesn't have a lot of competition for targets with uh, this. Not like a really solid wide receiver threat that's been there. It's just a bunch of guys that could be something. So that's a little better for him, maybe. Mm-hmm. There's another option, but the name just it doesn't ring a bell. You know I want to sing right now. <laughs> <laughs> that was total bait. Oh, okay. Ring my bell. Yeah, there you go. I can't. Every time you say Bell, it goes right there. <laughs> he paused for me, too. <laughs> but uh, Cooper Bell, whatever free agent they potentially end up signing, I think they've been interested in various free agents. A chance somebody might go there. Not a lot left. There really isn't. No, you got Julio. You got three games of Julio, two games of Fuller. Mm-hmm. OBJ, but he won't come back to the Browns. Mm-hmm. No. He might, he might go back to the Browns, and he might be ready for the end of the season. So if you, you can sign Julio for the first, like, three weeks, then he can sign Fuller, maybe you can get him for two games and maybe that'll carry you close to getting OBJ on the field. If Mayfield's still there, he's not coming back. Mm-hmm. He's not going back to the Rams because Akers stole his number. Oh, oh that's funny. He stole 13 or was he two? Number OBJ three. Was three. Three. Okay. three. I saw Brees Hall changed uh, he was number 35 and then he changed to 20 and so people were like, oh, this is awesome for Brees Hall. I'm like, what do you care? Mm-hmm. He can play Why? defensive back now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can play DB at any number now. Now, it's like you wear. I like 35. That's a good number. Yeah. Uh, I think the Njoku extension is super interesting because, like you said, potentially Watson plays at some point this year. And yeah, give me the tight end for Watson. He's like the fourth highest paid tight end now behind like Kittle, Kelsey, and maybe Wall. Goddard, I think, is the third highest paid. And then it's Njoku and Anders and Goddard or Anders and uh, someone Waller. So, I mean, if you're going to pay a guy 15 million a year, I would imagine he's going to be there. And uh, be an integral part of their offense. I also wouldn't get too crazy about calling him like the fourth highest paid tight end just because the other guys haven't hit their contracts yet and all the contracts are going to be going up anyway. I remember recently being really excited because the Browns paid a tight end very highly and that tight end turned out to be absolutely nothing, which was Hooper. I don't know. That's part of what holds me back from really being like, all right, Najoku. Athleticism and the hype, post-hype with Najoku, like it's there. It's just, is it actually going to be realized or is it going to be the same thing that when he wasn't paid that he is paid now and it's the same thing? Because they still have Harrison there even though they did let Hooper go to the Titans. They do have another tight end at least, but that's about as much as I can temper the expectations. Historically, the Vikings OC, uh, now head coach Kevin Stefanski, 
for the Browns uh, has used two tight end sets a lot. We saw it in Minnesota, two wide receiver sets. So it's going to be, you know, obviously they're uh, Amari Cooper and then Njoku is kind of a move tight end, former first round pick. He's got some wheels on him. We'll occasionally see like a 60 yard touchdown from Njoku. And uh, that's awesome to have home run hitting potential. You're not necessarily PPR dependent on your tight end um, or touchdown dependent, but they could use two tight ends there. I mean, they definitely could, especially with the run game there. And then if they, even if they have Hunt in the backfield, they have an option there. Cooper, Bell, two tight ends. I mean, that's interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't expect to see, like, Anthony Schwartz take off this year. No. Although I heard he's in the mix for the number two role, so. Ooh. May the Schwartz be with you. Najoku, I have pretty close to, like, Gasecki, Ertz. Irv Smith in that kind of range. I haven't bumped him up. That's a really weird range because those are like two guys I would totally rather have than the other two guys you mentioned. And then I don't want Irv Smith and I really don't want a lot of Njoku there in that area. He's right on that fringe of that cliff where it's like, you know you want Pitts, Andrews, Kittle, Kelsey, Hawkinson, Waller, Goddard. Goddard. Waller? Really? Yeah. I'll take Waller still. Mm -hmm. The Mooth. The Mooth. And then you start getting into Schultz where you're probably pretty excited about that, but then it's like, you know, Fant in Seattle, Okwegbunam in in Denver. I don't even know that he's the tight end. It could be Greg Dulcich, third-round pick this year. And Okwegbunam's just not someone I'm trying to invest in right now. It also could be Kyle Rudolph. Or uh, where it's like, oh, okay, boom, there's a guy I can poke a question mark at. Well, the rest of them all have those big old question marks from basically like that point on. Like, or you can make arguments for and against Komet and Knox and Joku. I love Komet. I love Komet, too. I do, I do, but we haven't seen it yet. The man's 23 years old. You know, if we're going to be hyped on a Joku, the Joku is about to turn 26. Yeah, he had, like, one touchdown like, 800 yards or something. It was like, if he scored seven touchdowns, people are, like, crazy about Komet right now. But uh, you talk about Njoku, he was on the franchise tag, and Gesicki and uh, Dalton Schultz currently on the franchise tags. Curious if either one of them gets an extension, what exactly the plans are with Hunter Long in Miami, and then Jake Ferguson was, like, a fifth-round pick in Dallas. He's, like, kind of been an interesting waiver ad for me in, like, half tight end premium leagues or something i'm like this guy could after the year become dallas's tight end he could be jarwin yeah he could be jarwin <laughs> let's not talk about jarwin yeah <laughs> sore subject no not really just jar it up I i'm finally cutting all my jarwin jar oh, lost i had high hopes for jarwin everybody did mm -hmm. i know i had injury reserve hopes for yeah. jarwin yeah. Okay, that's probably good on Najoku, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, third of the show is going to be Najoku. <laughs> I feel like we talked way more than we should have. Hey, moving right along to a guy that I can't honestly say I knew he even played football, Jeremy McNichols. I've never seen this guy. I've never drafted this guy. I don't think I ever will. Coming in from the Tennessee Titans to the Falcons, I will say he is almost the perfect size he is the perfect height at five foot nine 214 pounds so just shy of that 210 mark henry Ooh. age 26 so we know i was gonna think he's old balls for a running back i already know that he's on the senior citizen list <laughs> uh five years experience who is this guy and why would we be drafting him i don't think we we will it's a an incredibly okay. muddy backfield and you're gonna take a 26 year old running back that's just not very good throw him in that mix and 
maybe fade Algier a little bit, but that whole backfield is just a, a train wreck with everybody they keep adding into it. McNichols is a receiving specialist, so I think it's more of like either Cordero's going to become a receiver full-time or he's between the tackles runner, kind of like he was last year. doesn't really affect Algier because, again, Algier's like a hammer. That's all I saw when I watched his tape at BYU was like, don't throw the guy the ball, just run between the tackles and maybe he gets two yards of play. Not someone I'm interested in at all, Jeremy McNichols. Dimes. Mick, Mick Dimes. I, I didn't mean like take like work from him, but the more people you throw into a sure. backfield, the less points you're going to get total. What do you think about Jeremy McQuarters, Nick? <laughs> well, you're looking at Quadri Olson, Damian Williams, Tyler Algier, a linebacker playing running back. <sighs> yes, Jerry McNichols. <laughs> McNichols. I'm sorry. (laughs) Jeremy McNichols. I swear you said McNichols. It's close. Well, if I didn't, I definitely should have. It would have been better. (laughs) Can we call him McNichols? (laughs) All right. Name of the podcast, Jeremy McNichols. McNichols. (laughs) Going to earn that explicit tag. I swear to God, that is what I heard. It was like halfway. I was like, he just called McNichols. That's amazing. Well, if we have any listeners left... Um, <laughs> we have all the listeners now. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the running back room isn't uh, definite at this point. Jerry Mimic Nichols, it's, it's not. It, this is a person. I think he's rostered under 20%, if not for sure, under 30% of sleeper leagues. 21%. Right. So this isn't someone that you necessarily have to rush or drop to pick up. But there's worse guys you can stash out there because last year we, we were all hype on on a couple different running backs and ended up being the third, fourth guy that we liked in Cordero Patterson. So just kind of maybe if there's, you're picking through the trash bin, trying to figure out who you're going to pick with your last pick, not the worst of picks. All right. Jeremy McNipples, people. Moving on to Tyson Williams, who signed with the Colts. Another BYU running back. Mm, he is six foot. Mm. He's a little taller. <laughs> 220. Yeah, he's a decent runner. And that's about it. Yeah. Yep, that's about it. <laughs> UDFA. Stop, hard stop. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, not rostering him still. If I nope. if I still have my if I still have him, I forgot to cut him, or I haven't cut down my team yet. <laughs> I forgot I had him. <laughs> this isn't gonna make me want him anymore. Okay. Was it last year we had? Uh, I want to say it was Samaritan. Was like someone offered him a first for Tyson Williams yeah. when he was like the running back in Baltimore mm-hmm. for that one hour. For the one hour till they signed Devonta Freeman and Latavius Murray and everyone under the sun, <laughs> which both still free agents by the way. Um, but yeah, Tyson unrosterable in every format <laughs> that, not in the 32 man mm-hmm. so yeah tyson spoiled chicken i get it but philip Lindsay, does it make him a little less desirable if they're signing a guy like tyson yeah i don't can't body really want anyone behind jt there isn't really like a cuff you want there other than someone who isn't a, even a cuff but just might have standalone value in someone you like Hines. yeah there's no one on that team where if jt were to go down they're going to be able to run that same offense uh uh-uh. Mm-hmm. It's not like cuff. They're not going to be able to like, hey, we can put like Madison in for Cook and we can still get a decent decent run game, a decent pass game out of, of like a similar type of back. We don't have that there. If JT goes down, that offense changes dramatically. For the worse. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a train wreck. No, it would be bad. 
And I would be sad. And then at what point do you say, I don't want an RB on a team that would tank like that? So I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Um, ETN is back in action. Full go. Yep. If you're worried about ETN injury lingering, he's out there participating in OTAs right now. So I think if you are baking in some worries still, like you can kind of cut back on a lot of that. Maybe, you know, lower body injuries increase your risk for future lower body injuries i can understand still having like a bit of a factor of risk to go with etn but if you're worried about him not being able to play at the beginning of the year he's out here in otas right now i've found that to be a, a super positive for a lot of my overpaid etn shares i have a ton of him uh naji apparently has really enjoyed his off season possibly eating a few too many big macs in the off season got a little weight gain you what's going on with naji it's the off season it's slow they're gonna make news out of anything yeah like that's kind of ridiculous right like speaking of body shaming yeah. like let's talk about Najee gaining weight if you can get by low on him because of this I probably would I don't expect him to have any issue being at playing weight by the time it's time to play that's ridiculous like who's selling Najee at a discount because he's a little bit too heavy <laughs> hey people sell at discounts for weird things no. so look at Judy when he got uh, arrested and then everyone's like oh and I got a couple of Judy for seconds like future seconds straight Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and charges drop. We, you know, everybody knew it was nothing, but. Oh, because they, they thought he was going to jail. Yeah. Some people are very reactionary to things like that. I don't think the weight is any concern. He said, like, last year he played at 242 or something. It's like two extra pounds. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> a lot of running in the summer OTAs, training camp, uh, out in the heat running, probably drop a little bit off. Like Derek Henry is 6'3", like 250. AJ Dillon's 6'2", 247, 250. Najee Harris is 6'2". I mean, he's a big guy. Oh. A lot of weight on him. It's like, it's just how he plays. I mean, if you watched him last year, it's like, he's not going to outrun anyone. He's going to run through people. It's just the way he plays. Yeah. All right. So we're not concerned about that, I guess. Nick, you have anything to add to the Najee? weight gain. Just what you were talking about there makes sense. Najee's one who's going to make a lot of his bread breaking tackles anyways. So regardless of a couple extra pounds in the offseason on a who cares narrative, it doesn't mean a whole lot to me. I would be more concerned about the fact that, you know, he's older than a lot of veterans than I would be about a couple extra pounds in the offseason. Yeah, like older than Alexander Madison still. Still. And it's like Madison's entering year, f mm -hmm. year four Alexander Madison You'd think by now Madison would have caught up. That's what I'm saying. He's been in the league four years. How is it possible he's still younger than a guy he's always been younger than? Uh, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, Sam Darnold is going to be older than Burrow. Yeah. Still waiting. That's going to be pretty depressing. <laughs> <laughs> and we got Justin Jackson. What's going on with Justin Jackson? Absolutely nothing. But he's one of the guys who is one of the last few free agent running backs out there that I actually think could make a difference in a backfield if he's signed there. Even if he's not necessarily like, oh, okay, they're signed their new starter. Whoever the backup is, is probably going to get dinged. Like Keontae Ingram gets dinged when Darrell Williams signed there. Justin Jackson could do that to a backfield. Is there anybody else who's a free agent who you're still kind of worried about? Yeah, Latavius Murray and Devonta Freeman. Mm -hmm. I mean, last year, Devonta Freeman ran for like 800 yards, and then final game of the season, Latavius like came back from injury and ran like 23 times for 150 yards. Yeah, 
Clay's like 32 years old, but if he goes in, like if JT gets hurt or something and they sign Latavius Murray, he's like one of the few running backs out there that you can give 20 carries to and expect to be able to like handle it. Yeah, they don't have to worry about killing him. He's not a long-term option. Seriously, it's like he's going to be a body that someone brings yeah. in when someone goes down. And uh, questionable if you want to roster him right now, but he will be a hot waiver ad. I mean, if you're deep enough, yeah, those are guys that they know the game. They can, they've played on a bunch of different teams, so they can learn the offenses. They run well enough. You know, they're not great. They're not spectacular anymore, but they can go ahead and plug them in and, you know, run a, a game plan. You know, hand them the ball 25 times and not care if they make it to the next month. Yeah, seriously. Just bring in the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our broken news segment of the podcast. Let's uh, move it right along. Getting into the Jimmy G, Mr. Gorgeous Garoppolo segment. Pretty excited <laughs> to talk about Jimmy G. Like me, some Jimmy G. There's very little to give you an update, but you know, basically listening to any podcast that for whatever reason, I'm going to give you the Jimmy Garoppolo update. <laughs> the recently Kyle Shanahan said that he expects at some time that Jimmy G will be traded, but it's not a guarantee. Uh, he said that it went on hold when the surgery happened, which this is something basically we've already discussed at this point. I think when you say not a guarantee, it's just part of sales that you know, you know it's not like i'm gonna take anything for jimmy g but you know there's a good chance he's gonna get traded can't show all his cards mm-hmm. yep there's your 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 jimmy g update you got anything to add there henry uh yeah just still current like right now today <laughs> if you had to go play a game he's better than trey lance like today i mean maybe not with a shoulder surgery but like week one probably gives him a better chance to win than lance curious if they like try to hold on to him throughout like part of the regular season like start the season well and then trade him it seems like a weird locker room dynamic to have that happen again mm-hmm. uh again i again, would expect him to be traded but we talked about this the tail end of last season when the niners kept going deeper in the playoffs i'm like at what point like if they win the super bowl can they cut jimmy garoppolo like i, I don't think so Maybe the nfc championship game off a blocked punt it wasn't like jimmy carried them or anything but he's good enough to get carried so <laughs> <laughs> that's something right i mean there's not many spots left where you'd want to take on that cap hit and everything but they're just praying that like some guy slips on a banana peel in training camp <laughs> slips on a banana peel <laughs> like teddy bridgewater a couple years ago with the vikings mm-hmm. where they like traded a first rounder for sam bradford from the eagles when they had just drafted wentz like it has happened but outside of that one isolated you know previous incident doesn't really happen mm. So that would be like a corral getting usurped by Jimmy G in a Carolina trade or something. Yeah, I don't know that Carolina would be a team like in on Jimmy. That's like the inter- like I could see them going after Mayfield like they were, but it's like Jimmy on Carolina. Does that really put you over the top? there jimmy in seattle makes more sense to me it's more of a run first team it does but you're not trading within the division oh that's true mm-hmm. so that's why it's always been like eh. all right so i guess they get, they're stuck with baker yeah maybe if like baker if like watson gets suspended and baker says i'm not playing maybe the browns take jimmy and like get rid of baker's contract somehow and like it, it's weird that's why jimmy g's still there is because it's just weird with every other quarterback room being filled I feel like Jimmy has been dang 
dangling by a thread for <laughs> a long time, but he just keeps playing. He's like one of the best backups. Mm -hmm. All he has to do is smile, and they're like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. He got the surgery, I think, to avoid being traded, which was like super interesting. <laughs> the team didn't give him the surgery. It wasn't like a team doctor or anything. He like went behind their back to a different doctor and like got the surgery without telling anyone. They're like, oh, you're getting traded. He's like, they're trading for an injured player. They're like, what? <laughs> so that Why would you do this? It was super weird. Super duper weird. You can't weird. break up with me. I live with you. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> it was a weird uh, situation there. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so let's see some of these listener questions rolling. Ooh, we have listener questions. This is exciting. <laughs> so in from the fans, let's, let's have a listen to some of these questions, Nick. So let's see. Uh, one sleeper user riding around in a rover asked, uh, looking back to last year, who has fallen down ranks that you think might be a buy for this upcoming season in Dynasty? What you guys think? Trevor Lawrence. Everybody touted him as a generational quarterback prospect, whatever that means. He's supposed to be really good like Andrew Luck like for eight years he's fallen down rankings because he had a terrible season with possibly the worst head coach that they could have possibly have hired they've got some additions around him they got Etienne back yeah they lost Robinson but he really I don't see him going further down in value I think he's an excellent buy right now I like it Mike's buying Trevor he's not free but he costs less than the top end of quarterbacks and I think he could easily get there to piggyback off of Mike I might just go with Etienne because this is someone where I was drafting him above Javante Williams last year. <laughs> Obviously fell down, you know, ranks as soon as he gets hurt, of course. He's still probably suppressed somewhat due to injury last year. Someone who's fallen down ranks who could potentially be a buy. You know, if he was in this class, I mean, there's an argument between him and Brees Hall. So whatever side of the argument you might be on, the idea is that he would be in a at least a similar tier. So someone who has fallen down ranks who might be potentially by Travis Etienne. I'm going to shock the world and say Justin Fields. <laughs> You know, last year, I was not drafting Justin Fields in rookie drafts where other people were. You know, I was taking Zach Wilson. It was always a debate for me, you know, Justin Fields versus, like, ETN. Or so. I wasn't necessarily taking him 102, like a lot of people, 103 area. But now it's like, oh, well, he has no weapons, and there's a new regime in there. It's like, the kid can play football. Um, he kind of surprised me last year. I know a lot of people were like, he's going to come in and throw 30 touchdowns and run for 1,000 yards, and he didn't do that. And so those people are like, well, now he's like kind of garbage. And it's like, nah, he made a lot of NFL caliber throws that I was impressed by. He progressed through his reads very well. He showed off better arm talent than I thought. And just no O-line, probably the worst O-line in all football last year, and didn't get killed because he has kind of a pocket awareness that was very underrated. And we didn't get to see a lot of the run game like designed plays. Maybe a new head coach in there can better use his skill set. Uh, hopefully they add someone there with Vilas Jones as the number two receiver. But as a whole, I, I like Justin Fields as, as a discounted buy. Mm -hmm. All he has to be is it like an average QB. Yep. Like a like a 5'9 American. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> but we love 5'9ers for the record. And the rushing upside makes him someone you're starting every week in the Superflex League. Seriously, yeah, the rushing upside hasn't gone away just because we didn't see it. He's still the same freak athlete. If he got the opportunity that Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts gets in the running game, he'd be putting up the same numbers. 
It's just a matter of will the offense do that? It almost feels like it's necessitated by the lack of weapons. Just if they had better road graders, better guards to just be able to lay people out for him, like if they call the QB draw or power or something, like can he go get 10, 15 yards behind that O-line or is everyone going to be in the backfield? Hmm. More read options, coach. I'm going to go with Miles Gaskin. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are like, stop it. Like off waivers. This is a great buy. <laughs> a post hype drop. That's great. I just great. want to let you know the three faces that were staring back at me when I made that comment was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> where is she going with this? Oh, God. I had to get him in the pod somewhere because I always do. It's like, where's Waldo? Every pod, I have to put him in there. All right. Um, Should we do another? Do we have another question? We can do more buys, too. Yeah, like Marquez Valdez Scantling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. That guy. Sky Moore it? killed him. Yeah, right. Sky Moore gets added, and it's like, who is this mm-hmm. idiot? He's going to be, like, the wide receiver one for KC. He's seriously, like, their only tall receiver. He's going to line up outside for Patrick Mahomes to run down the field at, like, his 4.37 speed and catch a 70-yard bomb. Maybe it won't happen every game, and you're going to be real disappointed when it doesn't. But when it happens, it's going to be awesome for you and uh, get some big play bonuses in your league or whatever scoring. And, again, his, like, draft cost right now is, like, 220 and ADP. Like, Papa and I missed out on him in a draft recently because he's just so far down there. We're, like, drafting garbage. We're, like, oh, gosh, do I really want, like, you know, Corey Davis or... Uh, I don't even know who else was in that range. It was like Wandale Robinson. It's like, oh, Marquez Valdez Scantling off the board. It's like Braxton Berrios. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Like, I couldn't even think of people 180 because they're that bad. It's like, oh, golly, yeah. this guy. And then some guy drafts MVS. And we're like, oh, my gosh. Mm. Starts getting pretty rough there. How about Sammy Watkins in that case? Oh, I wanted to mention him earlier. Not showing up to OTAs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I actually read that today. Interesting <laughs> decision by him. Yeah, like, I think you should be showing up. <laughs> yeah. You're on, the, you're on the roster bubble. Yeah, I ain't showing up. <laughs> yeah, totally not guaranteed contract. He's like, maybe he knows. He's like, yeah, you know, I show up, they're going to cut me. They're going to see how bad I am and just cut <laughs> me. So I'm not going to show up. Like, I don't know what the strategy is. Yeah, I wasn't sure with that either. Like, you landed in a really great spot for your career. I'd be showing up. <laughs> it's like, Rogers isn't there. I'm not coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not really a choice for you. <laughs> yeah. Who else? Who, who are you buying, Mike? Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, Saquon Barkley. Yep. <laughs> you love Barkley. Mm-hmm. Some people will not. Some people will not draft him, but you can get him. And some, you know, depending on the league, sometimes you can get him in the fourth to sixth round, and he's got RB one overall potential. Like that's what he could hit. Now he's a full year past ACL injury. Improvements to the offensive line. Improvements to the offense. New coaching staff. Seems like an easy buy for me for what you can get him for. Now, if he has another bust of a season are you gonna give up the hope or are you still give up the hope? On? i mean yeah i mean then what's he gonna be 26 years old and he has another hurt season then yeah obviously you gotta go ahead and let go but you're not taking him in the first and second round anymore you know you're not getting that but you're not you're not getting another player in the in the range he's going at that's got the upside he does there yeah if he falls and it's like well this is stupid i'm gonna take yeah. him now i'm not gonna just not draft him i have very few people uh, so, some people will not yep well yeah if you can trade like Eckler, Mixon, or Chubb for Saquon plus something small, P 
people will do that. Yeah. People will be like, oh, yeah, I'll give you like the 208 and Saquon for Eckler. Yeah. Just just because of this. Like Mixon last year, I had a guy in the league tell me Mixon's no good. He's always hurt. And then he's like RB4 or something last year. It's like, that's what Saquon is capable of doing. That's That always confused me about Mixon. He always had like this injury prone like stigma to him. And uh-huh. it's like he missed like two games. Seriously. He missed like one game. <laughs> and it's like, oh, injury prone. Yeah. It's kind of like Zeke. Zeke has like the injury prone label. It's like the dude was suspended one year but other than that he hasn't missed like yeah. like well he plays hurt too much and then you don't know when you can start him like yeah, he plays hurt and gives you two touchdowns so poor you like yeah sorry <laughs> yeah my, another by Ezekiel Elliott no I'm kidding <laughs> you got one for us here Nick uh I mean Zeke is a decent one depending on price uh-huh. I think Mixon just wears this necklace that said says I led the AFC in rushing one year uh-huh. and that's basically what like sustains his value over a long period of time Samaj AP Ryan and Chris Evans is your competition in the backfield. I really like mixing this year. I really have him close to Barkley. That's what the just what stuck out to me there is like, I mean, I go back and forth between him and Barkley, but your point about Barkley is the biggest point is, I mean, Barkley was 1.02 overall at one point right there with CMC, and that was the argument. Which one do you take? He has that upside still within him that a lot of RBs have never, ever had that kind of upside. So if Barkley hits, then you got a potentially early first round, mid first round startup value out of a player you're taking much lighter than that. My bold prediction for Iowa's buy here is going to be David Montgomery. I know he's a fellow lover of him. Mm-hmm. You just said Zeke. Yeah, but uh, well, just piggybacking off what you were saying, uh, I have been buying Montgomery, but even then, it's like, I don't, I don't care about Tristan Abner. I do kind of like uh, Khalil Harbert, uh, but I don't know. I, I guess it could be okay. Um, if he's someone where you can buy him as a major difference between one of the mid-range guys, like if you can get a big gap between him and like Dobbins, I'd take something sweet with Montgomery for like a Dobbins or like a CMC for that matter. Speaking of Dobbins, we have a Dobbins lover in the house. You want to pop up? Allegedly. Allegedly. Apparently the king of Keontae allegedly loves some Dobbins. Uh, Apparently I've gotten a ton of Dobbins over the last few years. I drafted him a lot in rookie drafts because I loved him. I drafted him a lot in startups last year because he was hurt and you got him late. And I continued drafting him now because now you're getting him at the tail end of the good running backs. So like after you're mixing, you're at the end, all of a sudden what's left? It's like you want like Dobbins or like Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah. Mm. Or or you know, or a receiver you're probably overdrafting. Always going Dobbins. It's exciting. I It's exciting. Didn't I, I don't ha- I don't have to temper my expectations for him because I love the upside. He could possibly get over six yards of carry on a Ravens run first offense, splitting carries, and possibly last longer with that. He doesn't have the receiving upside, but he's a solid RB too at a great value. So if you're in a league with Mike and you're looking to get rid of Dobbins, he's your guy. Or Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> or Daniel Jones. Or, or Clyde right now. Um, any running back pretty much that's younger, I'm going for him. I was going to say, I know you mentioned to me recently that Clyde is a buy for you. Yes. I don't know if you want to uh, expand on that. I, well, I was actually just reading last offseason. I um, forget what it was. Do you remember, what it, uh, was it a gall pla- uh, gallbladder infection? Or I was reading he had like a, some kind of, an, he had some kind of weird thing where he showed up. He had some weird. And, and he showed up to camp at 165 pounds. Oof. Now, he is 5'7", so... That Ooh, could he's be uh, short. 
hurt. He and he might even be overlisted at five seven. He's one of those guys yeah. who watch and he's like a little muscle hamster back there. A muscle hamster. Like Doug Martin. Like but I read that, and I was looking at, you know, last year with him being hurt, and, thinking, you know, maybe he just never really recovered from that. Now, maybe a year later, he's able to put on some of that weight and actually kind of get going, and he just goes so late in startups, and, you know, his trade value is just really not there. He might be someone to look into buying. For sure, and, like, when he plays, I mean, he's getting double-digit carries a game on one of the best offenses. He came out as one of, like, the best receiving back prospects, and they just haven't quite utilized him like that, like, I haven't seen anything over like three targets all of last year and Daryl Williams gone now obviously they're bringing Ronald Jones but Ronald Jones is not a receiving back no. he was such a liability in Tampa and like pass blocking that they're like yeah we're just not going to play the guy all year we're just not going to play him and so Ronald Jones lands there and people were like oh Clyde's dead and then there were talks of them drafting an early RB or something this year and that didn't come to fruition and his value just hasn't bounced back for people Nick loves Ronald Jones not my favorite <laughs> Best case scenario is like a blunt. I was kind of hoping he'd go to New England and he could have that kind of like a, a career resurgence. I don't like him I know. landing where they spent a first round pick on a running back two years ago. I don't know. The real question is Ronald Jones or Pacheco. The ice skating move. Yes, yeah, Pacheco is super interesting because he was like the fastest running back in the class. I read something on him where it described him as like a, mm-hmm. a drag a drag race car because he has no brakes. It's like the guy's going to run and he can't make any moves or anything. He needs a parachute to stop. Yeah, but he's just going to be <laughs> in a, running in a straight line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which oh. is, that's Derek Gore in a nutshell. So they just drafted a Derek Gore replacement. It's like Forrest Gump. <laughs> just playing tag. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well... Why each of our strategies suck. I'm reading reading the show notes right now, and I'm like, okay, let's explain why each of our strategies suck to the podcast world. I think that's a a great way to wrap it up. Yeah, Yeah, let's talk about how much we suck at strategies. All right, I'll go go with mine. So I go very running back heavy, a lot of young running backs. I take a, a lot of value in the drafts. I fade wide receivers. I get a lot of value quarterbacks. You get an injury or two or three to your running backs like I had in some leagues. Your quarterbacks just don't carry you there, but the rest of your running backs kind of keep your points up. Maybe one of your quarterbacks doesn't pan out, and then you're kind of stuck with the team at the end of the year with a middle-of-the-round draft pick, um, a bunch of injured running backs, short at quarterback, and getting older. All right. Well, way to be honest about your sucky strategy. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, there are a few teams you look at that I have. It's like, okay, well, you have Dobbins, you have Akers. Oh, you have Swift. That's great. And, And then you have Daniel. Jones, you have Tannehill, you have Tua, and you're have Galladay and Shark at wide receiver. That's so weird. Like, uh, you know, you end up with a decent amount of holes if that strategy does not carry. Okay, Henry, what is your strategy suck? Very similar to Papa, and uh, I like to take a lot of running backs and uh, pretty much just go like depth chart and youth and contract hunting at wide receiver and opportunity hunting. And a lot of the time, the opportunity just doesn't come to fruition or the offense as a whole isn't great like it wasn't for Kenny Galladay. Like last year, we wound up as a a hole with too much Terrace Marshall, and that never really panned out. Um, Curtis Samuel, obviously, didn't really pan out in Washington last year due to injury, never quite got going after the groin injury. Uh, Corey Davis was another receiver I had a lot of. Robbie Anderson, uh, all because they had decent depth chart opportunities. 
but their offense is through for like nine touchdowns and not a lot of yards so there's not a ton of production to go around even if you are the wide receiver one for your team it's like how much does that really matter when your quarterback mm-hmm. isn't getting points for you wild so it's like sometimes it's the landing spot that was a trick and sometimes it's the crappiness of the landing spot yeah like if a wide receiver lands and uh, Chicago or something like let's just say Will Fuller signs there and people start drafting him in like the 15th round because they're like oh wide receiver two for Justin Fields I really liked Fields last year so let's go with that and then Fields throws for like 13 touchdowns and 2,800 yards and you're like oh well 800 of those went to Komet 400 went to Montgomery and a, you know 900 went to Darnell Mooney and I'm left with 500 yards and two touchdowns this sucks mm. and that's that, why the that strategy is not all the way to the Mooney yeah no <laughs> not to the Mooney at all. Mm-hmm. Glass half fuller, not empty. <laughs> William Fuller. Yeah. That was a good, that was a good one, Henry. <laughs> I was reading Nick. Will Fuller and his like middle no. name cracked me up. What was it? it like, just, he's like, I forgot. <laughs> it William, better be like Octavius. William Vincent Fuller the fifth. It's like such a, a regal sounding name. That's it's like, this very guy, noble. This guy Sir be William a, Fuller. Yeah, Sir William Vincent Fuller the fifth. Like he should be a king somewhere. Wow. There's a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. There's four others. Absolutely. I heard, I there's, like I heard it. there's four more. <laughs> yeah. There's four others. It's very bougie. Yeah. I like it. Um, Nick, your sucky strategy, please. Mike talked about startup strategy as far as what the pitfalls of that. A lot of the similar things where, you know, RBs last year it was like two thirds of the top twenty four RBs missed at least a week. When you stack up on RBs then you're constantly missing somebody in your in your starting lineup i get that so at times if you don't hit on your discount wide receivers and quarterbacks then you're left holding the bag definitely plays a part for sure definitely being confident in what i think is a good deal and then it turning out to not be a good deal is a real downfall of my strategy because my strategy is largely based on trading like i'm a pawn broker for a living and have been for over a decade like it's the way i've wired my brain to work is basically like a buy sell trade environment so that factors into how i draft my teams sometimes that doesn't exactly work out when you take value and you have an unbalanced team and while you have a ton of value on your team it isn't translating to wins and it might not do as well as it could have the trade value caters to me drafting younger than most drafters sometimes that means in the 15th round i take tamori and terry before the nfl draft because i fall in love with a young prospect who hasn't done anything yet so drafting youth or drafting for value rather than team build at times have definitely come back to bite me so that is why my strategy might suck i have to say i think one of the things to your point is players that i've come to you and asked about on occasion and you're like nah he's junk and like brexton barrios Mm -hmm. um who at the end of the season put up some fantastically huge numbers and arguably may have won me some money last year where i know he's not a guy that you want to carry on your dynasty roster long term but sometimes with this playing so many stats 
you can overlook the guys that are win now that you still need to piece in if you have a win now team. Right. Like I really don't want Tyler Lockett, but there's a really good chance he could still be like a wide receiver too this year. Right. But I really don't want Tyler Lockett just because he's uh, really close to like a, a fall off in performance. He's already passed like the AJ Apex. Same concept where mm, fade an older guy, but you know, still could be should have just taken him and played him all this year could help me win so definitely see what you're saying yeah so so some sometimes building for the future and sort of not building for the present to give yourself a chance year one Mm -hmm. it's finding the balance yeah cool well you guys suck (laughs) i'm just kidding Great way to end the show. <laughs> so yeah. now that we just told our listeners what not to do. <laughs> I know one that would be a head scratcher for some listeners out there is I traded Devontae Adams for Saquon Barkley. Just straight up one for one. And oh, nice. I remember that. That's something that we really like to do is try to turn a, an aging wide receiver into what we deem a stud running back as a whole. And also with like positional scarcity, I believe it was like a 16 team league. So it's, you know, you're starting two RBs every week. There's 32 running backs being started in that league and while there are 32 starting teams there's not 32 running backs that you have confidence in every week to put up good points so to me the uh the running back there is so much more valuable as a whole even in 12 team because there's so many wide receivers right there's typically three on a field at a time for every team whereas running backs more often than not it's only one and so while our strategy might leave us susceptible to injuries or not having those great wide receivers there are value wide receivers to be had right and a lot of these older wide receivers it's like you do want to get out before the shoe drops because it will like deandre hopkins i bet there's so many people out there that wish they would have moved off hopkins last year and trade him or Devonte adams uh when he was with rogers and it seemed like that was going to last forever and then tyreek hill with mahomes seemed like that was going to last forever so perhaps a decent time to cash in on your digs shares if you can get top dollar before he uh no goes away or cooper cup because i'll break some news here he's not gonna break the receiving yardage record again I, I don't, i'll bet for the field on that one seems like a pretty safe bet yeah i digs dig unless you're aaron and you think michael thomas is just gonna get more receptions every year for all of perpetuity uh, it doesn't quite work like that right before we do uh head out we want to touch on some super deep quarterback stashes that we love yep super deep and love yeah i mean if you if that's the way you want to go with it. That's the way so, you go with it. That's, well, what she, that's what she said. Well, I didn't know if you were uh, referencing Jordan Love there. but Well, <laughs> if it's not a top 32 quarterback, it's not at least someone you consider a starter. And even then, once you get to towards like 32, they're not necessarily even starters yet. Uh, but if you're going a little deeper and there's guys that probably aren't in most people's top 32s that are definitely still worth holding on to. I know Henry has one, but at least still hold on to Sam Darnold. I know it's gross, but... It's so gross. <laughs> right. If... Matt Corral, like Henry brought up like the negative interview things and if it just doesn't lead to someone who they want to start at QB for the first year and they lose out on the Jimmy Baker sweepstakes maybe Sam Darnold but just definitely someone it's like there's not many scenarios unless it's just a really shallow league that I want to cut Sam Darnold in a super flex league at least yet. Yeah it was a weird scenario just happened like last week in the league I was in a guy said he needed quarterback help I traded him a quarterback then he cuts 
Sam Darnold. Hmm. You would have taken him in the trade, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I definitely would have. He, he just got him. I'm like, guys. Did you pick him up in free agency? Uh, Tried to. Once the, once the draft's over, I'll throw a claim in. But it was yeah. it was a really weird uh, situation. It's a quarterback sleeper for me, Geno Smith. He could potentially be the starter in Seattle. He costs nothing. If you have veterans included in your rookie draft, he's probably there. And you could probably get him in the fifth. Worth a dart throw. And in worst case scenario, you can cut him before week one when you need to make moves. Yeah, that's a great name to bring up if he's the week one starter it's like there's definitely some interest there uh drew lock obviously competing for that same gig and it's not like he was a bad prospect coming out and then denver wasn't really all together uh obviously has disappointed a lot but has shown flashes of being able to run and make plays happen so he's someone that could be interesting if people are just giving him out for free like cutting him like sam darnold uh jacoby Brissett is someone that we've drafted similarly to geno smith where the deshaun watson thing he uh uh, just got another civil case added so up to 23 now um another woman came forward uh so if you get suspended for six games and they trade baker it's like jacoby Brissett's gonna play and what about a uh, teddy bridgewater teddy bridge quarterback bridge over troubled water yeah i, th- I mean over that's interesting rostered. yeah yeah over-rostered. definitely over rostered i mean if you're in a really 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 deep league i mean i love Tua, but he does get hurt every year in all likelihood teddy will start at least one game this year that's a good question still not exciting i got a question for you guys concerning those <coughs> geno smith or keontae ingram geno smith for me geno smith is not taxi eligible so i'm gonna yep. go with keontae right now what about justin ross or geno smith geno geno smith yeah i know you guys think... both don't like justin ross i like him more than you guys <laughs> yeah i mean I, I liked him a little bit pre-draft if he got capital just the fact that everybody mm. passed on him seven times what about jerome ford geno smith geno probably geno you know there it- I'm saying 12 team super flex assumption. So it's like 300 rostered, 120 started. Yeah. Yeah. The beauty of Gino for me is, is we always talk about roster size. And while we do have relatively deep rosters, like 300 rostered in the total league, we tend to hold on to more players than the other teams as a whole. And so a lot of teams I'm like over the roster limit currently and need to cut down people before the beginning of the season. And Jerome Ford is a guy who like Keontae Ingram, you could be holding all year and then hoping that when the starter gets a new contract somewhere else or leaves eventually maybe you can play him whereas Geno Smith like pre-week one they trade for Baker it's like I can gut him got him move on no big deal and that's the beauty of him to me whereas uh you know I wouldn't be rostering like Terod Taylor in any format I mean okay like in 3QB or something maybe but one last thing on your Geno Smith there it's the make or break value of him mm-hmm. is it's not like Teddy Bridgewater where it's like no matter what week one you're still going to be holding him and hoping Tua is screwing up or rolls an ankle or hurts his shoulder. Or... For 10 weeks, you're going to hold him? Yeah. yeah. But Gino, you're going to know week one whether he's at least starting mm-hmm. then. Like... He, he might start at some point during the year. I, I get that perspective as well, but he's someone where it's like, you're going to know if he's not starting week one, they say, Drew Locke's the starter second week of preseason. You're like, I can cut Gino. Mm-hmm. And he's just going to be the most popular ad if Locke ever gets benched. But you know you can cut him at that point uh so i like having those guys when i finish a draft over players i know i'm gonna have to cut somebody at least them you know once the season comes around at worst whether you definitely want to keep them or definitely want to cut them same thing with jacoby as well like Mm -hmm. 
Yep. You'll know by week one if Watson's playing or not. Like, you know, we haven't known for a year and a half, but we're going to know week one if he's playing. Um, and then Tyler Huntley, there's a dispute going on with Lamar and the contract. It's like Lamar doesn't even want to look at the contracts they're offering him. They could be offering him, like, awesome contract. And he's like, I don't even want a contract until I win a Super Bowl for you guys. And so it's really weird. Lamar represents himself. And so he's just, like, not picking up the phone. And then every time he shows up, it's like, it's like, hey, I'm, re- I'm ready to play football. And they're like, what about your contract? He's like, I'm under contract. So super weird uh, there where Tyler Huntley is an awesome backup. Got to see it last year. Very similar to Lamar. And uh, he was a guy I liked out of Utah, period. He reminded me of Cam Newton. And he's like only 6'1", like 220 undersized. But he played very similarly in the sense of he would just take off for runs looked like he could overpower people and so he could start somewhere after this year he was like tagged with the exclusive rights tender or whatever he was tendered i don't know exactly which one but he's an interesting quarterback for me he'd be swiping right if small sample size means anything andrews would like it yeah he had like a four touchdown game against the packers too like he has a pretty live arm i think he's a good player good deal well those are your deep quarterback sleepers and this wraps up this episode of the rank draft trade podcast rank draft trade rank Did I say draft it? trade <laughs> <laughs> i like our rank draft trade all right well i hope everybody listening got lots of good useful information in this episode and in all of our episodes of course we have the smartest fantasy pros in the business at least i think i might be a little partial so thank you for listening and as always, you can find me on Twitter at NobleG underscore FF or on the Sleeper app at NobleG711. Henry, tell them where, the, where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, ClairvoyanceFF. Sorry, you came to me at a bad time. What? Okay, let's come back to Henry. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Henry's... It's like, what is wrong with Henry? Henry is currently actually being taken over by an alien. We're going to get back to him in a minute. <laughs> Mike, tell them where they can find you. At underscore Papa Bearclaw on Twitter, or just Papa Bearclaw on Sleeper. Nick? Where are they finding you and this wonderful podcast? I am at Iowa in the NFL on Twitter, at Iowa in the NFL on Sleeper, and the podcast is at Rank Draft Trade on Twitter and Rank Draft Trade.com. Henry, you, you want to try that again? <laughs> yeah, let's take it from the top. Uh, at Clairvoyance FF on Twitter and at Clairvoyance on the little robot app. Uh, awesome that we have a website. I believe our rankings are on there. So, or soon. Yeah. NFL draft. Yeah, pre NFL draft. Get some post ones up there. Yeah, I need to get yeah. mine updated for sure. I do too. Yeah. I got lower on Hertz apparently. <laughs> as soon as I'm done moving, I got you. I've gotten higher yeah. on Hertz and Fields. You should. Good. Nick is always working hard getting this podcast out, building the website. You're doing an awesome job. So, thanks again for listening. We hope we made all of your fantasy dreams come true. Peace out. Good night. Later. That's a wrap.